Uh, today's reading is Revelations 21, 1 through 5. It can be found on page 1151 of the Bible's next to your seats. The word of the Lord. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old thing, order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for the words are trustworthy and true. The word of the Lord. Let's pray. God of grace, as Davis wrote in Psalm 24, the earth is yours and everything in it. God of grace, we may be coming here wondering if this is true or somehow, some way, you have left some things fall between the cracks of your sovereignty in our own lives and in the, and in the state of our world. Or maybe we do believe this in faith, but we feel like we don't really have the eyes to see or the ears to hear. And it more or less seems like chaos. Lord, to whom all things belong, we invite you here today, echoing the psalm that we also read in our call to worship. Lift up your heads, you gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Amen. Um, the German philosopher Georg Wilhelm Hegel once wrote that, for the realist, reading the morning newspaper is like morning prayer. To update this quote, I think we might say something like this, for the realist, checking his Twitter feed after he wakes up is his morning prayer, or turning on NPR as he drives to work is his morning prayer. I think Hegel was remarking on the kind of ritualism, the quasi-liturgical nature of the way folks, especially educated folks, regularly read the newspaper or otherwise keep themselves informed. But the analogy is not exact because it can't literally be, be prayer because normally we just read the newspaper or Twitter and we just do this in silence. We're not really praying to anything. Well, I also read the news and you know I, I like I also read Twitter, so, and I, I like reading magazines and articles and op-eds and commentaries. And I constantly come across sayings like this, but they're kind of generalized sayings. The president needs to solve the crisis in Iraq and Syria. Or, the people of this country need to get together and have a serious conversation about race and work to, towards a solution. Or, Congress needs to, you know, get off their butts and you know, address some issues, pass some laws. Or, this society is going in the wrong direction, or it's not moving fast enough to our liking, and we need to do something about it. Well, to me, this sounds an awful lot like prayer, you know. That's, and I think that's where Hegel, in a very 
you know, oblique way was getting at. When John wrote, when John received his revelation, he probably did not have a newspaper, and he probably didn't receive the news every day um, from where he was in exile. But I'm sure he heard and lived through enough bad news for a lifetime. Um, as background, when John received his revelation, the young church of Jesus Christ was being persecuted by the Roman Empire, as well as by the mainstream Jews from which Christianity was born. John had seen his friends, the first leaders of this church, die young as martyrs or of old age. John himself was old and near to death. If the realists of this time were paying any attention, they might have been thinking, you know, this Christianity thing has had a pretty good run, but maybe they really ought to start thinking of an exit strategy. Start thinking of a way to cope with inevitable decline. Start thinking of a way to merely survive. These Christians need to start being more realistic. That sounds reasonable, but what would John's response be to this? You tell me to be realistic, but my question is to you is, what is reality? What is really happening and who is in control? Do you really know? In the newsroom's version of reality, the editors look at the failures of this world's leaders, to the cruelty of militants and regular people, to the chaos of our cities, and they tell the reporters, you see that story? Go write that down. That's interesting. But John's conviction was that the, st the church would endure despite the odds and be a witness to the most real reality that his friend, Jesus of Nazareth, had revealed to the world. The one who has died, the one who has risen, the one who will come again. In his dream, Jesus said, John, do not forget. I am making all things new. I am what is real. I am in the one who is in control of this story. Look at me and write this down. Let us pray. Holy God, all things belong to you. All history belongs to you. All of the future belongs to you. We pray for peace now, but even when it seems completely far away and completely out of grasp, we know that ultimate victory is yours because of Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Um, um, let us respond to this reading and this sermon in a time of prayer. I think it is important as Christians to stay informed, to read Twitter, and even to use our own power and influence to do the work of God in this world. Um, but I think our first impulse needs to be prayer. And so would you allow me to lead you in a time of prayer? We will pray for the church, the universal church. We'll pray for those who are seeking to know God and his peace, his shalom. And we will pray for, um, for people, people in our community. Um, you don't have to close your eyes. You can close your eyes and just meditate on these words. And we'll close with a, um, a communal prayer, which I'll tell you. All right? Okay, so let's pray. Let us pray for the church, 
for its unity in faith, witness, and service. For Pope Francis and the Roman Catholic Church. For Patriarch Bartholomew of Constantinople and the Eastern Orthodox Churches. For Archbishop Justin of Canterbury and the Anglican Communion. For the ancient Oriental Orthodox Churches of Armenia, Syria, Iraq, Egypt, and Ethiopia for the churches of the Christian Reformed Church in North America, and especially those churches who so graciously sent us their pastors this summer. For all Christians in Sacramento in North Northern California, for all Christians living in peace and security, for all Christians living in conflict and strife, with the Holy Spirit make us one as he is one with the Father and the Son. Let's pray now for all who seek to know God and pursue his shalom in this community and throughout the world. For people of all faiths who are seeking to know God and his shalom, for Jews, Muslims, Hindus, Buddhists, Baha'i, and many others. For people of no faith or uncertain faith who in their own way are seeking to know God and his shalom. We pray that they and we would walk together in the light and against the darkness. Let us now pray for the reconciliation of divided peoples around the world and in our country and here in Sacramento. We pray for enduring peace in Iraq, Syria, Judea, and the Ukraine, for reconciliation between all people who are divided by angry words, by guns, rocks, and homemade weapons, by class, race, tastes, mores, and money, by appearance, age, gender, by neighborhoods and geography, and by all the many, many things from which we derive identity, but ultimately blind us to the core reality that we are all made in God's image, that we are all loved by God, but that we are all sinners in need of God's grace. Let's also pray for people who are divided within their own selves, who, like the Apostle Paul, do not understand what they do, for those who hate what they do and do what they hate, for those whose public self, whose private self, and whose self is known only to God, are strangers and divided from one another. For all of us living divided lives in its infinite forms of fracture, we pray for the whole 
and holy lives for which we are all made for. To close this time of prayer, I invite you to look on the screen and together pray this prayer of peace. Lord, make us an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let us sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is error, truth. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light, and where there is sadness, joy. O Divine divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen.